This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 218. Satellite etiquette and hosting special events recorded live on Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Kevin Zari, KK4YEL, and Robert Bankston, KE4AL, and we'll take your calls live in a few minutes. Uh, last week, Paul Bork was here in 1SFE to talk about Field Day, and that's coming up this weekend. So if you missed that show, uh, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Because of the rule changes, uh, there were some interesting questions last week um, and some interesting discussions on uh, what class to run and um, how the club scoring works and everything. So if you missed that, I, I'd encourage you to to go back and listen to that one. We did it a week early because of uh, all the questions and some scheduling issues uh, as well, actually, but it worked out well um, that we did it a little bit early. So uh, check that out. Hope to hear you on field day this weekend, and uh, we'll talk uh, – a little bit more about that tonight, actually, with the uh, satellite contact, because there is a bonus for that. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. So if you missed it, go back and uh, catch that on hamtalklive.com. And don't forget, we're rebroadcast on WTWW. That's 5085 AM Saturday afternoons. And that's about 3.30 p.m. Eastern time when we're on for that. So uh, get your, your questions ready to go here for uh, Kevin and for Robert. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can call after the interview. I'll go ahead and give you the number so you have it and write it down, uh, punch it into your phone. Don't call it just yet, though, because uh, we're going to talk first and uh, get some of the obvious stuff out of the way. But that phone number to call is 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. Some people actually already sent in some tweets, so we already have a couple. Uh, so you can do that whenever you like, and we'll uh, check that as we go out uh through throughout the evening i should say and i'll uh, check those and the comments on spreaker as well and i'll be back with kevin and robert right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live jerry what's up man i haven't seen you at sunbucks in a while i used to see you every morning getting coffee what's up well i can't afford sunbucks five days a week anymore I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. 
Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables too. We're not sure what's up with the fifth dentist, but four out of five dentists recommend listening to Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. To help bring you Ham Talk Live, they'll be back on the Ham Fest trail as soon as all this pandemic stuff settles down, but you can reach them online anytime at pl-259.com. My guest tonight, Kevin Zari, KK4YEL, was licensed in 2014 and went from nothing to extra all in that same year. He is the president of the Kennedy Space Center Amateur Radio Club, N1KSC. He revived the club after it had been idle for a number of years. He's a graduate of Florida Tech and spent 17 years as a payload test engineer with NASA. Especially for the Space Shuttle Program, he is now the International Space Station Integration Manager and Acting Chief of the Strategic Implementation Office at Kennedy Space Center. Kevin enjoys operating satellites and Whisper and has built his own kit just for Whisper. Robert Bankston, KE4AL, is from Dothan, Alabama, and is the Vice President of User Services and the Treasurer of AMSAT. He is a certified public accountant and a principal in the Accounting Advisory Tax and Assurance Services Group of an accounting firm, and he reserved his BBA and MBA in accounting, graduating with honors from Troy University, and he enjoys operating satellites, QRP, and portable. So, Robert, welcome to the show, and Kevin, welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank Glad you. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was good to uh, to catch up with you a little bit before the show, and and uh, just uh, you know all kinds of things going on this week. And <laughs> we, I was in a in another meeting right before this, and we had uh, a great virtual Yoda day yesterday, and now we've got field day coming up, and it, it's all kind of kind of piling up here so we're going to talk a little bit about field day tonight but also we want to look at uh, some special events that have happened in the past Um, and also we want to talk about some satellite operation and we know that a lot of people are going to try for that bonus this weekend that's a field day thing Um, that a lot of people who normally aren't on satellites will you know, give it a shot. And so, you know, you want to prepare for that. And so tonight we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about satellite etiquette. Um, and you know, aside from field day, um, because field day just kind of turns into a big mess, but, <laughs> uh, but, but we want to talk a little bit about satellite etiquette because it seems like, and, and we were even talking about this before the show. It, it, it seems like the, operating etiquette on especially some of the fm birds it's kind of like it used to be on weekends it it, it's jam-packed and and people are kind of getting cut off and 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 some things are happening that there's just only room for so many people and and so we want to talk about some things that that can help uh with satellite operation tonight so um, you know, we've talked a few times about it on the show. There, there's still a lot of opportunities for learning out there, and we don't want people, you know, getting bent out of shape. Uh, you know, no, we're not telling you what to say and what to do and what you have to do, uh, but we we do have some ideas about how you can make the most of that very limited amount of time. And on satellites, you don't have courtesy tones. You know, on repeaters, people kind of get spaced out a little bit from the courtesy tone you wait for the courtesy tone and you know that gives a chance for somebody to pop in there if if they need to and they wait and we don't have that on satellites and and there's a lot of um competition for that 
limited amount of time. And, you know, a repeater, it's there 24-7. A satellite, you get, you know, 10 minutes at a time, pretty much, and that's it. And it's it's an exercise in making things concise and really making things quick and and get your contact and get out and let somebody else in. And we've all done stupid things on the air. Um, and, and Ham Badges does a great job of reminding us about those in a fun way. Uh, we're all guilty of doing things that, you know, may have cut somebody off or may have kept somebody else from being able to make a contact to. But hopefully we learn from it. So that's kind of what tonight is about. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that we should set as our ideal, um, you know, so that we can get the most contacts, but other people can too, and make the most out of this very limited time. So, Kevin? Yeah, great, great point, Neil. And uh, first of all, first off, you're correct, right? We've all made mistakes, and I think this is really kind of uh, – trying to help folks get a, a good idea of like best practices right and so uh, while the operating on satellites does add some unique aspects like you mentioned uh, i think really the most important thing with satellite operation is no different than when you operate on an fm repeater or even maybe during an hf contest right you, it's like the number one rule you should listen first right listen before you talk i i think it's something that uh, is a courtesy and of course you don't want to cause undesired interference because there might be another uh, transmission another QSO happening at the same time so uh, along those lines of listening first I think one of the first things I've learned the most important things I've learned from seasoned satellite operators like Patrick uh, WD9EWK he, he mentions in a lot of his articles that you really need to operate in full duplex, right? And full duplex is important because you actually hear the downlink of the satellite even while you're transmitting up to the satellite. And you could there are some full duplex radios out there. For example, Kenwood has a model, the THD72A. But you can even do it with two simplex radios, right, hooked up. Uh, at the same time but you really do need to operate in full duplex because it's all about being able to listen you need to listen first and if you if you can't hear the downlink of the satellite while you're transmitting up to it you wouldn't be able to stop transmitting if by accident you were causing some doubling right and another thing with the full duplex is you can easily know that you're getting into the bird and if you're able to hear yourself in the downlink as you're transmitting, you can be rest assured everyone else can hear you, everyone that's in that footprint of the satellite. So I think listening first is definitely one of the most important ideals, if you will. Also, um, you know, that relies on having a good antenna set up that can hear. And just just because you look at YouTube and you see somebody being able to get on satellites using an uh, an HT with its rubber duck antenna, you probably shouldn't do that, right? And there's there's some other aspects of um, equipment that I think Robert might be talking, so we'll, we'll let him talk on that in a bit. Um, one other thing, Neil, I think is just about courtesy. And if, if the satellite, for example, is quiet, you don't, you don't hear anything on it, you you probably should call your call sign and your grid and if nobody answers and you should know because you've heard yourself in the downlink since you're operating in full duplex if nobody answers you there's really no need to call out your call sign again every five seconds every 10 seconds stand by wait a little bit perhaps give the satellite a chance to move over to a different footprint over some new territory and uh, then try it again but um, that's that's pretty important, I think, as far as operating. If there's if there is activity on it, again, be courteous. Wait until people finish their QSO before you try to call a station. So you don't wait until you hear silence because the silence might be the person waiting for the other person to come back to them. It means wait until the QSO is complete. So. Please, don't call the Robert if, if you know Robert's trying to call Neil. 
let let there be a chance for the exchange of their call signs and their grids. And when that's over, then go ahead and call Robert or Neil or whoever you want. I think it's important. Um, it's also important to know how folks are using satellites. And one of the fun things about satellites is being able to collect the maidenhead grids that folks are in. And uh, as part of that, sometimes people, they travel, they they take long trips and they'll go to a, a grid that's kind of rare where maybe there's not a lot of satellite operators we call that roving neil and yeah. that roving is like kind of a very coveted um thing that you you might want or you might need that rare grid so having situational awareness of knowing who's on the satellite and from where they're operating is probably the another one of the etiquette uh, scenarios that we should point out and and i'll just mention there's various tools to kind of know when these roves are occurring we've got online presence in things like twitter or the amsat webpage has a has has a page that lists when folks are going to be operating from different grids and even on dmr we've got a weekly net that's run on wednesday evenings on our amsat talk group uh, on DMR, where you can learn about who's roving and when. So to kind of summarize, I think listening first, operating in full duplex, and maintaining that situational awareness are all ideals that we should try to strive for. Yeah, I you know, just was on yesterday, and, and I remember, uh, you know, I, I made a call and – you know, immediately somebody called me and it's like, wait a minute, I was trying to call this other person. And, you know, and and, and that happens. And, you know, like I said, we've all done that. And, and, you know, part of my transmission was cut off. So, you know, they probably weren't sure who I was calling. So, yeah, that's going to happen, you know, sometimes. But, but the ideal is, you know, wait until you're called or you call someone. Uh, filling up time with your call sign and grid over and over and over again when other people are trying to actually call somebody kind of kind of gets in the way a little bit. So, Robert, what do you have to add here on this? Listening is absolutely the best thing to do. Uh, not only do you uh, know what's going on, but you kind of get a rhythm of, of, of how it's working. Uh, it's really no different than on uh, for guys on HF that chase D expeditions. So you hear, you know, P five comes up on the air. It is going to be a big dog pile. Uh, and listening, finding out how they're operating, and how you can slip in there and make your contacts is the best advice I can give to you. Uh, and then remember that everybody is on the satellites for a different reason, and so you have to respect those. Uh, so if you think somebody's step step on you, you know, we waste so much time, you know, contradicting each other on the satellites. So just, you know, try to be a little courteous, you know, a little understanding what's going on. Maybe somebody's new. Uh, maybe it's a, a, you know, a new ham, a young ham, uh, and they're just learning. So uh, take the time and, you know, put aside your own personal uh, ambitions for that pass and help them out. And then we all become better for it. Yeah, it it's uh, it's just always good to listen. And, and you know, uh, my mentor, my Elmer, um, said you know he was that was one of his favorite sayings was they shouldn't call it a PTT, a push to talk button. It should be the RLL or, or the RTL, release to listen. Um, <laughs> and, and and you know, the more I think about it, the more that's true because. You know, if I hear satellite fading out in, you know, and, and, and I know it's going to come back in, in a minute or so, I'm not getting on there and calling because I'm just going to eat up bandwidth and I'm not going to get anything out of it. And I'm going to mess up somebody else's call. And, and so, you know, if you can't hear it, then don't don't transmit. And that's where that full duplex comes in, too, is. You know, if you can hear whether you're getting there or not, and if you're interfering or not, that just makes things a a whole lot easier. Yeah, well, Neil, you field know, one, day. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. 
no, sorry, Neil. I just wanted to say one additional thing, which I think is kind of obvious, but it's probably important to know. When you are new and you're listening, you know, sometimes you're going to get examples of what to do, and other times what you're listening to will be examples of how not to act. And so uh, with a lot of new folks, you can imagine they're, they might listen for a day. We're giving great advice, right? Listen first. Spend a couple of passes listening, maybe a couple of days um, on different times of the day, understanding when it might be busy, when it's not busy. And um, sometimes you might hear the very things that we're suggesting not to do. Sometimes you might hear a station that's calling over and over and over again or stepping on top of somebody. So I just want to say, you know, when we when we mention listen, listening and also being self-aware and trying to understand that what you're hearing is like what Robert and Kevin were mentioning or, hey, that's exactly what they're saying not to do. So just kind of. Get that situational awareness and listen and say to yourself, geez, does that sound like that operator did what what, what made the most sense on this pass? And it, it's a tool for you to learn what to do also and sometimes what not to do. That, that's kind of what I wanted to add. And I think it, it, even in net situations, sometimes in net situations, there's, there's a time that you can get on and, and you know, talk and converse and, and but then you know if there's an emergency then you got to keep everything concise and and i think that's a balance that that a lot of people have trouble finding is you know sure on on a satellite when there's nobody around and you're trying to drum up business you know you're trying to get some activity going yeah you may throw your call sign and your grid out there a few times on a pass uh but when it's busy, you know, just throwing your your call sign out there is just it's just eating up time, and it, it doesn't serve a purpose. And when you have such limited time, that's what makes this different. Is when you have such limited time, there's only ten minutes, and everybody's got to get in there. It, it just becomes really important. So, again, we're all making mistakes. <laughs> Okay, it it's just, you know, these are the ideals. These are what we're, we're striving for. Well, Robert, let's talk a little bit about field day because field day is a time when the FM satellites are, are jam-packed even more than they are on weekends. Um, and by the way, Sean Kutzko, KX9X, wrote a great article back in 2008 in QST in the field day edition about working satellites on field day that has a lot of great suggestions like work a satellite contact before the chaos of field day. Um, what are some things that people should be doing before field day this weekend for for satellite operation? And then maybe even a little bit about, you know, what to do during field day this weekend. Okay, well, anybody that's uh, listened to a field day satellite contacts, you know, pass, uh, it's just total chaos. So all the rules go out the window, uh, and it's just everybody fighting for themselves. And what that is is we've got, you know, satellite passes are normally busy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, it's not like your local repeater that can uh, just talk, collect everybody locally. Satellite passes, you can get a pass that covers, the you know, the entire United States at one time. So there's a lot of people that can access that. Uh, so those are your normal satellite operators, so it's always busy. And now we're going to compound that with uh, field day, where every licensed amateur uh, radio operator is going to try and get on and get that 100 points for their club or, or for their station. Uh, so that puts a little incentive, and uh, it brings in a lot of people that don't normally work satellites. Uh, it gets a little crazy. Uh, and on top, if that's not enough, uh, AMSAT also runs a satellite field day competition at the same time on the same satellites. Uh, so, you know, AWRL gives you 100 points for a single contact. You know, you don't get anything extra for making two. Uh, however, AMSAT's field day awards points based on the total number of SAT QSOs you make uh, and also by mode. Uh, so the more contacts you make, the higher score you uh, occur. So, it's really just compounding the, the situation a little bit more. 
so what all this means is that the birds are going to get really busy uh, this weekend. And as uh, bad as that sounds, uh, there's still hope. So uh, let's talk about some stuff that will uh, to help increase your chances uh, and uh, hopefully make a contact uh, during all this mess. So first, uh, unless you do satellite passes all the time, uh, I'd highly recommend that you do yourself and everyone else a favor by getting on and working a few passes uh, before the Royal Rumble kicks off. Uh, now the, uh, you know, even if I go a couple weeks without getting on a satellite pass, I still clunk around there. So we want to knock those cobwebs off uh, and make sure our equipment's working right. So speaking of equipment, that's the first thing you need to do is make sure you got everything. Uh, and it's all function as it's intended to, and that your batteries are fully charged. Uh, I remember when I went to Hamcation this last uh, uh, February, I brought all my sat gear with, with me, and I forgot the PTT switch. So I had no way to make contact. So number one, make sure you got everything, make sure it's working. Uh, next thing you want to do is make sure you've got some fresh KEPs, the Keplerian elements that go in your satellite tracking program, so you know exactly what you know the satellite pass is. You know, you could be a couple minutes off, and that could make the difference between you not making in a pass and do make it on the pass. Next thing is to uh, make sure that you know what satellites are working. They don't always work. They don't always work at the same time each day. Uh, some require to be in sunlight. Some require not to be in sunlight. So make sure you're up to date on those if you haven't been on a while. And you want to make sure that your frequencies or uh, if you store them in memory, that they're all set, and or if you use a little handy reference sheet that you got that handy. And then the last thing that you want to do is make sure that you still remember how to track that satellite. Remember about the, you know, the antenna mismatch that occurs as the satellite tumbles in space. So you got to work on that polarization twist. And then you also want to uh, refresh your memory about the uh, Doppler shift and how to adjust the frequencies. Uh, all the FM birds are UHF on the uplink. means you're going to be transmitting on that. You're going to be uh, adjusting your Doppler shift on the on your uplink. And then your VHF, it still has a little Doppler shift, but it's not near as much, so you don't really need to, uh, to shift your frequency. Uh, over on the linear satellites, most of those are U, UHF uplink and the VHF downlink. But there are some that are VHF uplink. So it's a completely different scenario. So just refresh your memory uh, before you go jumping on a satellite and make sure you're turning that dial the correct way. Uh, so all those things I just talked about, those those are the critical things that you need to get, do uh, to get ready for with this satellite battle that's fixing to start uh, for field days. So just make sure you're ready. Uh, I like that. The Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, so, but not only is knowing what to do and making sure you know how to do it. You also got to think of a strategy that's going to help you make that contact. Because if you just think, okay, I'm just going to jump on AO at, uh, 91 or 92 and get my contact, get my 100 points and call it a weekend, uh, it ain't going to work out that way. So the first thing that I always recommend is pick the right satellite and the right satellite pass. Uh, so right now, if my numbers are correct, I think we've got four FM satellites that work. Uh, we've got 12 linear satellites, and we've got a couple digital satellites. So that's a whole lot you can choose from depending on what type of equipment you have. So the FM birds are AO91, AO92, SO50, and PO101, and they're going to be jam-packed no matter what you do. So if you can, you know, if you've got a new ICOM 9700 uh, or a pair of FT-817s or you're using a one all-band mode and a SDR, uh, I'd highly encourage you to get on the linears. It's a lot different scenario uh, during field day on the linears. It's almost uh, just kind of like a contest weekend as opposed to Armageddon. Uh, if you are on FM only, then uh, you might want to look at SO50 and PO101. Uh, they're a little bit harder to work. Uh, some people, they don't like them because they're a little bit hard to work, and so there's going to be less competition on those passes. Uh, now, I'm not saying don't try and work AO91 and AO92. They're both great work birds, but unfortunately, everyone knows they're great birds, 
And so that's where the mob's going to be at. Uh, so find you, you know, a little bit quieter pass uh, or satellite. Uh, another trick, uh, as Sean relates in his uh, that great article that he did in 2018 in the June issue of QST, uh, is to uh, pick a pass that's, you know, not straight overhead. So uh, but you, what you want to do is you want to work what we call the fringes. Uh, so uh, a satellite pass, you know, if you're on the East Coast, uh, but maybe one that's uh, out over there on the Atlantic Ocean going by that you can reach to. Uh, and the, the, those passes that are going from north to south or south to north, uh, catch it early or late in the pass. And, you know, they call when it's over Canada, they call that polar bear country. And uh, on a trip up to uh, Minnesota, I've experienced that. It is you're the only one on. Uh, even AO9192, you're the only one there, except for the polar bears. Uh, sometimes down there when it's down south, uh, flying over there, soaking up some uh, Caribbean sunshine, uh, you can be the only one on there as well. So uh, look for a satellite pass that's not uh, over the entire amateur population. That could help you out. Uh, there's surprisingly a lot of ops that think that Anything less than thirty or less than thirty degrees is unworkable. Uh, I've even seen some that they set up their satellite uh, tracking program on their phone that not to look at anything below thirty degrees. So look for those opportunities at those lower elevations. Maybe you pick a different spot to operate from, or, or instead of being on one, the north side of the building, you move to the south side. That way you can work down there to a one or two or three degree pass. Uh, Use that to your advantage and uh, look for those passes that are just scraping the earth. So that's a good tip to uh, make in contact. Uh, second is, you know, part of that listening part is there. Uh, you getting on and just blurting out your calls not going to make you a pat, uh, get you a contact. So what I would say is listen to somebody, uh, you know, listen for a call, hear their report, and so that you know who you're going to call and what the report is before you even open up your mouth. Uh, so that, in effect, you're just going through the motions and the contact. You call him back, he'll call you, you exchange your report, and you're moving on. Uh, and then finally, uh, I guess a great tip is to never give up. So the last two field days, two years in a row, I've made a, pat, a contact when I thought the pass was done. I mean, my antenna was already pointing at the dirt. So you never know when the RF gods are going to smile on you and let, you know, a contact slip through. So don't give up, hang in there, and you can do it. Uh, other than that, I wish everybody good luck this weekend. It's going to be fun. Be patient. Uh, let's not have any arrows flying across the field as we vent <laughs> our frustration. And uh, just remember, let's have fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have already gone over, and we haven't even got to the demonstration yet, and, and we haven't got to the special events yet. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will do those two things, and we will take your questions after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It has sideband, CW, AM, FM, and full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, micro SD card slot, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, and the speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. The perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional backpack, LC192, with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just 
a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show. And hopefully you're taking advantage of some of ICOM's great gear this weekend for field day. Visit them at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we didn't get to everything, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of get through this. But um, and then we want to get to your calls. But uh, I want to take a chance to kind of demonstrate what happens when there is a pileup on the satellites. Um, so I had some members of the Southern Indiana Amateur Radio Association uh, do an experiment. We were in one of our virtual club meetings, and. Um, a lot of times we will do those on the repeater, but we'll do the video on Zoom. And so I thought, oh, this is a great chance to uh, do a little experiment. So what I did was I had everybody pick up their handheld, and I had everybody call all at the same time. So I recorded that on Zoom, and I recorded that on the repeater. So you're going to hear first what it sounded like on Zoom, where everything mixes together and, and you can hear all of those voices. So let's l- take a listen to that. This is WB9 VPG, KB9 MQ, RS. This is KB9 KB9 Okay, so you could hear... Two or three different call signs in that. If, if you're listening and you you know you practice, you can pick out several call signs through all of that, and and, and so you can you can kind of hear what's going on. This is the exact same thing, but on the repeater. N9FRS monitoring. Uh, N9FRS monitoring. OJ calling. N9FRS monitoring. This is N9FRS monitoring. Looking for KB9 J. So if you're listening, you can hear in the background there's this going on, but you only heard one station. Now, that station was pretty close to the repeater and and so even though he wasn't running a whole lot of power he was kind of obliterating everybody else but you heard that in the background now that was probably the best case scenario when there's multiple people on because you could at least hear one and so you know the loudest one but it doesn't always go that way um, so here's an example of a satellite pass, and, and uh, Patrick, WD9EWK, uh, allowed me uh, use of a bunch of his recordings, um, and this is actually one we've used on the show before. I, I trimmed it down a little bit, but, but take a listen to this and listen to the mix on this one. Okay, I got a grid square and one letter out of that. 
guys, thoughts on 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 you know what happens when everybody transmits at the same time? See, we're being polite and listening first to make sure the other person wasn't going to talk first, Neil. <laughs> right? That, did you see that? Uh, that is listening first. So um, I'll start with saying that, um, you know, it, it's really chaos, right? And so nobody wins if, the, if a repeater that just happens to be orbiting around the Earth is um, receiving a signal on its input frequency. It's going to be transmitting that signal on its downput, on its downlink frequency and so if all those frequencies are coming if all the signals are coming in on that frequency guess what everybody hears noise everybody hears like you heard in that clip and uh, nobody makes a contact so I, I think it's important that uh, folks listen first again and then uh, realize when it's appropriate to talk into the satellite it will st- it will solve it will do its best to solve that problem if everybody would first listen and then operate full duplex. And let me just add to that, that, you know, I've been on satellite passes and everybody trying to talk at the same time. And you may end up getting in that 10 or 12 minute pass, two or three people that actually get a real QSO uh, and everybody else is shut out. On the flip side of that, when people are well behaved and they're listening and stuff, I've heard of, as an example, Mitch, 80HJ, working, you know, he's out roving, and it's nothing to hear him make 20, 30 QSOs in one satellite pass. Uh, I've been on uh, out roving at the same time that uh, KE0PBR, uh, Paul, was on, and I think we each got 20. So if you work together, you listen to the rhythm, and you know when to speak and when not to, uh, and you know your equipment and how to you know operate in the satellites, you can do some great things with there. If you just want to get in there and try and use brute force, then nobody's going to be able to enjoy it. Yeah, on sideband that that works. I mean, it's harder, but it works because you can start picking out some of those calls because you're going to get that mix on FM. Not going to happen. Just not going to happen. And so it, it, again, it's situational awareness. It, it's being aware of, of what's going on and, and listening is, is a big thing there. Well, Kevin, let, let, let's finish up with this real quick, and then I want to get to some uh, questions and phone calls at uh, 859-982-7373. But um, you've been involved uh, a lot with NASA on the air. There were all those special events uh, that took place uh, in the past year or two, and then recently the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13. And, you know, and, and I love the, the, the Quindar tones on the, uh, on your passes. That was great. Uh, but talk a little bit about how this operator etiquette affects running a special event station like that. Yeah, Neil, that's that's really a great question. Um, so operator etiquette for special event station really has an impact on the success of the event. Not only the operator who's running this special event, but also for the other operators and uh, folks trying to reach them. And like we mentioned before, like a rover, you're really the station that everybody's trying to get when you're running a special event. And so with that in mind, the success still kind of lies in your ability to listen. It's, a, it's really the, the key, and is you, you've got to be able to hear folks' call signs out of pileups if you happen to be on a linear bird, for example. Um, you know, typically, uh, I do things like either write down the call signs that I've heard so folks know that you're listening, and uh, if somebody calls out of line, I might not necessarily come back to them to kind of discourage that kind of uh, behavior. But uh, I will say, if things get out of hand, I'm an engineer, so I'll kind of break things down systematically, and maybe I'll start calling stations that only have a zero in their call sign, or maybe later on ones or twos or threes. And I even give uh, give time for QRP stations only. And so it's important to, to work it in a systematic way. If the special event station happens also to be on a satellite, like you mentioned we did for the Apollo 50th anniversary events, we had to be a little bit creative. And I think you've mentioned it, right? We, we built a Quindar tone generator that um, 
it's a shock, right? All of a sudden, you hear that that beep that you'd hear from air to ground, uh, or or from ground to air, depending on how you're hearing it, and. It really helped get folks' attention and provide a little bit of a shock factor, like, what was that that I just heard? And so it gave us the chance to kind of have folks stop for a moment, recognize what it was we were really celebrating with the accomplishment of Apollo 50th, uh, Apollo 13's 50th. So uh, it's just really important for folks to, to maintain that situational awareness. If there is a special event station on a satellite, maybe you could hold off on having that weather report that you have with your good friend every day on on the satellites and and let's let the stations that are wanting to make a QSO with the special event station work them um again situational awareness couple it with kindness and courtesy and i think you've got win-win neil yeah i i totally totally agree um and and there's been times when i've you know well i really want this grid but I know somebody's out there roving and, and I've been in that spot. I've been out and I've been roving and could not get a single contact because it was just too busy. And so I'm like, okay, I drove all the way out here for this and, and it, it can be discouraging. Uh, but, um, you know, so sometimes I, I just back off and I'm like, okay, there's, there's two people roving here at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting them and I'm out. Um, uh, because you know it's it's just courtesy you know i'm going to get one or two contacts and, and then then let's let everybody else get their one or two um so you know and again we've all made mistakes we're we're not <laughs> we're not perfect by any means um but that's what we're trying to trying to strive for well let's let's open up the phone lines uh it's time for your calls if you have a question give us a call and we're going over a little time uh overtime tonight it's 859-982-7373 859-982-7373 if you want to call in or tweet us at ham talk live if you're listening to us on wtww or on the podcast edition you won't be able to reach us live since it's Thursday night when we are recording this. And, and we do have a few here, so let's run through some of these. Um, let's see. Uh, Don, KB2YSI, says, Too bad I didn't get a recording of KE4AL. Uh, let's see, i got to move my screen. And I, uh, both roving on the same pass, we managed to interweave, interleave stations, and uh, the entire pass was so orderly, probably is the uh, best one ever. Um, and number one pass was getting four, number 488 for a station in California from FN53. Um, there's, If you don't know, there's 488 grids in the continental U.S., so... Uh, yeah, that would be a, that would be a great one. Um, let's see. We had another one here that came in early. Actually, let me scroll down to this. Um, N6AJ wants to know uh, the best way to adjust for Doppler. He's using SAT PC32 with linears, and he's. He's just having a hard time adjusting for Doppler. He's looking for a video or, or somebody to kind of uh, help him out on that. Uh, guys, any advice here on, on Doppler shift? Well, I think uh, Kevin and I are both Mac Doppler guys, so that's not going to really help him. Uh, but what I would encourage you to do is uh, you have two choices. Either, number one, you... Uh, Post your question on the AMSAT bulletin board. I know there's a lot of SAT PC32 users, and that's what that forum is for, is to allow uh, uh, people to ask questions and, and seek advice. Uh, and then your next choice would be uh, to send an email to ambassadors at Yahoo. Uh, I'm sorry, ambassadors at AMSAT.org. Uh, so AMSAT has uh, AMSAT ambassadors are uh, there to help mentor people, uh, mentor people and so we'll find you know somebody locally hopefully for you if not locally uh, close by and can walk you through those steps get you on the birds doppler is tough i mean and it depends 
too, on whether the uplink is VHF or UHF and, you know, trying to trying to hear that. I, I, I guess my ear has this really strange audio detection, and, and so I can tell when somebody's just barely off frequency, and so when I hear that, I know, oh, it's time to change, but... Um, but yeah, if you can automate that process, it, it definitely makes it a whole lot easier. So, um, email, uh, email them or, um, or, or post there on the bulletin board. And I know there's a lot of people using sat PC 32 and I'm a PC guy, but I, I don't use that. I use my phone, so I can't help on that. Uh, let's see what else do we have here? Um, Let's see. Uh, we have John W4USF listening. Just says hello. So th- thank you for listening, John. Thank you for being there. And Chris, AA4CB, thank you uh, for being there as well. And I think Chris was on Twitter also. Let me run over there. I think I, I saw something here. Uh, maybe I need to check on my phone because I think that's where I saw it. Uh, but, um, something about a couple of great satellite operators. So, so there you go. You, we've got a couple of, of good ones here and then there's me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Chris A four CB down there in Florida. Yeah, uh, I met him in Huntsville and Hamcation. Good, good people. Yeah, Neil, you yeah. know something that we kid about, but the the satellite community is actually a great. It's a great bunch of folks that you you feel like you've known people, and then you actually get the opportunity maybe at a Hamcation or some other event to uh, to meet face to face. It might really be the first time you've met, but uh, it sure feels like you've had a friendship for a while. So uh, it's a nice hobby. It's a, ni- a nice part of the amateur radio hobby to get into. And uh, don't be discouraged if your first time you try and you're not able to get things right. Uh, men- reach out to some of the folks that we mentioned, and uh, and I think you'll find it to be a really enjoyable part of your of your amateur radio experience. Yeah, I found it. It says two good sat ops. I've listened and learned from them both. Need I need to get back on the satellites? That was Chris A four C B and said met Hunt Robert at Huntsville a while back. So there we go, Robert. You. You had it down, and I, I met you down at Huntsville, and then uh, actually on, on social media, I sent out a picture of uh, Kevin and I at the Kennedy Space Center Amateur Radio Club. That was when I first met Kevin, so there we go. All right, well, we've got a call on the line, so let's let's take the call. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hey, this is Michael in for DCW. I just wanted to call in and uh, say thanks, uh, uh, Robert and Kevin, for everything that you've done for the AMSAT community, um, just wanted to give an, uh, a, a chance for them to talk about, you know, new um, operators, uh, resources for them to get started in our little hobby here. All right, Michael, thank you for calling in. Guys, any any suggestions here? What was the last part of that question? Uh, resources for new operas. Okay, hey, so the best... Uh, Working with somebody is always the best. It's 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 better best to get that immediate feedback. If you're working on your own, then I would start with the uh, the getting started guide. Uh, it's real in depth. It will cover everything that a beginner needs to know for all the different modes and different types of satellites, and even helps out the uh, the experienced ops. Uh, he may be going to a new venture, but uh, you can do those, and then. Uh, there's, you know, the AMSAT bulletin board. There is the ambassador program, uh, demos at, at uh, HamFest when those finally get to start back up. Uh, the key thing is is just get on and try, and, and somebody is going to surely step up and help you out. Uh, and we all love to share uh, this part of the amateur radio community. Well, Michael, yeah, I, thank I, you so much for calling in. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. 
No, got to agree with what Robert said. I mean, uh, I think finding a mentor is, is fantastic. Um, in lieu of doing that, I would caution folks if you're like, try to join an organization like AMSAT. There's a lot of great folks. They do a lot of great work. They have uh, books and articles that are that are available to the memberships that are very helpful. So um, recognizing that joining a community, not only in a social media aspect, but uh, supporting folks like the AMSAT community uh, helps get additional satellites up in the air and helps us to uh, avoid some of the crowding that we, we talked about this evening. So I think it's also a way to learn and um, join a community like AMSAT. All right, there you go, Michael. And, 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 and it's I'm going to get it right. It's in for DCW, not CDW. <laughs> All right. It's a common mistake. Yeah, I appreciate everything, Robert, you're doing for the uh, AMSAT community. Also, Kevin, uh, being my first uh, AMSAT uh, contact back about a year and a half ago, uh, thanks to the two of you for everything you've taught me. I appreciate it. So you all have a great night. Yeah. Take care, Thank Michael. You. Yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Michael. All right. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've done that. Uh, it, it's that it's that CDW, the Computer Discount Warehouse commercial, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, and LOTW catches it for you real quick. Yes, it does, and it did. And that's where that's how I found out. Yep. <laughs> Michael's like, uh, I thought I worked you, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you're in the. Uh, uh oh, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. All right. Well, we are way over time here, so I, we're going to finish things up here. But uh, guys, some some great stuff. And and again, I hope people listening are, are you know, yeah, you've probably heard us you know make mistakes. Um, that's because we have. <laughs> you know, I've only been on satellites the last uh, two or three years. Um, and we all started someplace and, you know, these are some ideas to, to try to, to make life better on the satellites. And I appreciate you two, uh, coming on to, to talk about it tonight. So final thoughts, Kevin. No, I just, uh, I think you mentioned it, right? We all make mistakes and, uh, I'm sure people could find recordings of me and they'll, say hey look kevin you did this this and this and you said not to do it um we're, we learn from the mistakes i think it's important though to recognize that amateur radio is uh, a hobby where we we learn right we're experimenting we're learning all the time the the satellite aspect of amateur radio is super fun and you can do it with a with a technician class license so um it's it's enjoyable right from the very first moment that you uh, pass your technician license. So, yeah, try your best to to follow these best practices. It will make it enjoyable for you. It will make it enjoyable for everyone else. And uh, if you've got questions, just ask. There, there are a lot of friendly folks out there that would be willing to step in and help mentor you. And Robert, um, I, and I want to give you a chance to, to do this uh, and, and have your final thoughts, but also you, the thing you're in charge of basically for AMSAT besides the accounting bit is uh, the user service department, and, and there are ways that you can find out about rovers, so, so make sure you tell people about that and then your, your final comments. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. So uh, first, you know, thanks for having me on tonight. I had a great time. Uh, always been a long-time listener, and now I got to be on it. So that's a, I'll have to check that box there off of my uh, bucket list. You get a new but, ham badge. Yeah, there you go. The, uh, <laughs> so, you know, user services, I always wonder, what was user services? And uh, Joe Spire, K6WAO, the president then, asked me to <clears throat> assume this position. And so I said, sure. And then I found out what it all entailed. Uh, but it has to do with membership. It has to do with people that use satellites, all sorts of stuff. But uh, one of the first things that I did was uh, we have on the AMSAT website, the uh, it's called uh, Upcoming Satellite Operations page. So if you go to uh, AMSAT.org, and on the navigation bar across the top, if you uh, 
put your mouse over satellites, the drop bar will come down there, and then you click on the AMSAT uh, upcoming satellite operations page. But uh, people, you know, they will email stuff into us. Uh, we find stuff, you know, announcements on Twitter. Uh, we see stuff in the DX news. Uh, and so it's just a collection point uh, that lets you know everything that's coming up. You know, some is just, you know, somebody's on vacation and they're going to be on, you know, every once in a while. Others, there's major trips where they're going to go across, you know, uh, you know, 10 states and 30 grids, uh, all sorts of stuff. So it's on there. That's a great source. Uh, and they collect those from all sources. So uh, that would be a good starting point to find out what's going on where. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, if you were planning a trip, then please let them know. Uh, that way it helps when uh, if you go someplace, if you never announce it, then you get on, then it, you could be in a really rare place. But if nobody knows you're there, then uh, you may just be talking to yourself or listening on the satellite. But, uh, you know, Roven is such a, a – there's so many aspects of, this, uh, of satellites, you know, from chasing grids to roving where you get to be the DX guy that everybody wants to talk to. Uh, so everybody gets something out of it. And when you get tired of one thing, you can move into another little facet of the, uh, of this hobby and, and have a great time. But, uh, other than that, that's about all I got. Okay. And then also this isn't an official AMSAT thing, but, but there's actually, uh, this, this Twitter bot kind of thing going on that, um, will kind of, get some of that so the grid life is on twitter um yeah. does a lot of those announcements and then if you want to know what what grid squares are in high demand there's the grid master heat map and um it shows you know in color um you know the the easy ones to get and the harder ones to get and the ones that are near impossible and um so gridmaster heat's always a, a great place to look and see you know what's rare and you may have a rare grid uh, in your area and not even know it so so make sure you check that out too uh, let me add to that real quick uh that they will often work in concert so somebody will announce that they're going to go activate a grid and grid life will pick that up and, and, and publicize that for you. And then grid master heat map, which is uh, somebody that's collecting. Basically you can send your, all the grids you've worked to him and he will add your data to the map. And then when grid life announces one grid master heat map will uh, put out a posting of all the people that need that grid. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, then he tags you. So uh, that's an added step to uh, to help you catch those grids that you're looking for. Uh, and that just shows you, you know, these are uh, just people that are volunteering on their own uh, with no official, you know, direction. And, and they're doing great things for the AMSAT community. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and, and that's very, I'm very thankful for that. It's a, a great thing. And I send mine in uh, often, and, and whenever I'm headed to some odd grids, I usually uh, post it to you and, and Grid Life and, and Grid Master Heat, so that way people know that uh, that I'm out there. So that, that's a, a good place, too. Well, guys, lots of good stuff. We could go on all night, uh, and uh, and we've already gone 20 minutes over, so... I'm, I'm going to finish it up, but thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it, and uh, hope to hear you on this weekend and and see you both soon. Thank you so much, Neil, for having us. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Have a good night. All right, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Kevin Zari, KK4YEL, and Robert Bankston, KE4AL, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and typing in. And I invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And to see our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com, and you can click on the schedule link there. And if you like the show, please just leave us a review. That's all we ask. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, programming note, uh, there will be a show next week. However, 
Uh, I'm going to be away from the mic for a couple of weeks. Uh, there's this wedding coming up that, that I happen to be the groom. And so July 9th and July 16th, uh, there won't be a new live show. I may pop on for a few minutes, but, uh, there won't be a whole show on July 9th and July 16th. So be aware of that. There'll be a, uh, an encore presentation on WTWW those two weeks. And uh, I will be back on July 23rd with Eric Guth, 4Z1UG. Um, he's, he's getting up in the wee hours of the morning over in Israel um, to be on the show. And we're going to talk about the QSO Today podcast virtual ham expo that he's putting together. That will be August 8th and 9th. But uh, Eric will be live on the show from Israel on uh, July 23rd. Uh, talking about his uh, QSO Today podcast and the virtual ham expo. So hope to hear you on the bands this weekend for field day. And a reminder to hams 25 and under, if you don't have a club that you're contributing your score to, uh, put youth on the air in your club name. And uh, we just want to see what the youth out there can do. So don't forget to do that. All right. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.